So today as part of our podcast here, which is powered by Upside Global, we have the honor to interview again Dr. Ron Dick, Associate Professor of Sports Marketing at Duquesne University in the School of Business. So as many of you know, Ron has worked for 20 years in sports, including 15 years in the NBA with the Sixers and the Nets, and then four years in the NCES. So Ron, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Julian. Happy to be with you today. Great. So, Ron, you know, there's a lot to cover uh, this month. So, uh, we'll talk about many topics. One being KD, Kevin Durant, and his situation with the Nets. Uh, we also talk about the 76 years plan to build a new arena worth $1.3 billion. Uh, I also want to get your take on the NBA record $10 billion season now. Uh, that's the first time they're reaching that uh, milestone. I also want to take your, get your take on the NFL season. Also, the Neil. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, the PGA and the MLB, and uh, we'll also talk about the training value of European soccer players, which has dropped significantly um, since last year. So uh, how does it sound? Sounds good. Let's go. Okay, great. So look, the first topic is uh, the NBA, right? Uh, since yes. Kevin Durant expressed his desire to leave the Brooklyn Nets, which I think was not much of a surprise for some people because they they lost against the Celtics. And he's been there for three years, right? So there's been a lot of reports on his next destination. Uh, looks like he's looking maybe to go to Miami, Phoenix. That seemed to be his top destination. But also now the Celtics seem to be interested as well. So, but the Nets are, uh, you know, they're asking for at least, I think, two top players from the other team in return for KD. So where do you think KD will end up? And, and some people believe that he might just stay or start with the training, uh, the training camp with the Nets. And then we'll see what happens. So what do you think he's going to go? Well, if you look at his contract, to my knowledge, he has about three years left and he makes $40 million a year. So when I hear people say he's in a disadvantage or he doesn't have a lot of leverage, boy, I wish I didn't have that kind of leverage. So That's I think right. he's going to yeah. be okay. Now, he only played one year in college, University of Texas, but he's played for many, many years in the NBA. And he, uh, he wants to be on a winner. I, I don't quite understand. He seems to be a very intelligent, uh, sensitive young man. And yeah. he gets criticized more than almost any player in the NBA, minus LeBron James. What do you think that is? And LeBron brings some of that on himself. I, I'm not really sure why. I mean, he's just one of the greatest players of all time. I'm not going to get caught up in you know, who's the GOAT, who's the greatest of all time. But certainly in his generation, he's, he's a spectacular player. He has already won a championship. He's been to the finals in 2011 with another NBA team, Oklahoma City Thunder. So I don't know what he needs to prove at this point. But as these players get older and they already have their money kind of socked away, I, I got a feeling it's just like I want to go to a team that's, that's good, that's close to getting over the hump. And certainly the Boston Celtics are that. The Miami Heat are that. The Phoenix Suns are that. So it'll be somebody that was over 500 last year. Maybe they a team that won 60 or more games. And, uh, and he'll be fine. Uh, they just got to come up with the agreement. And I think the Nets have to start over again. I mean, he was disappointed. The Ky Kyrie Irving thing has not worked out the way he had hoped. So yeah. Obviously, the Harden-Simmons trade has not worked out the way the Nets had hoped. Uh, and they owe him a lot of money, too, the Nets. So... I, I I could see him going someplace else, but if he's going to stay in Brooklyn, then they've they've got to they've got to bring in some better players. So if you, if you had to bet where he's going to go, where do you think he's going to end up? I, I think him in Miami or Boston sounds like a good idea. Okay, 
Yeah, I mean, I think you're one of those two. And I think those teams are willing to, to make it work. So we'll see. Um, yeah. Hey, sec second topic, uh, Draymond Green from the Warriors. And as we know, he's very vocal. Yeah. He's got his own podcast, mm -hmm. just like, you know, we do. Yeah. Uh, you know, right. I think yesterday uh, he said he wants to get a max contract from the Warriors, or I think he might, he might look to go somewhere else. So what right. do you think is going to happen? Do you think the Warriors are going to say, you know what? Yeah, we're not going to give you a max contract. Just go somewhere else. Historically, general managers who don't necessarily travel with the team, they can be a little more uh, unemotional about the players and their their skill their skill set. The skill sets are eroding, uh, whereas the coaches who know the players so well sometimes get a little too uh, intimate and they get a little too emotionally involved. Uh, I, if I, I would never give him a max contract at this age. His second contract coming out of Michigan State was the one where he made a mistake. Um, not the first one, the second one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, you can't give that kind of money to an aging player uh, that is, yes, I know he's kind of the, the, the leader and the enforcer, but uh, we saw enough things happen in the last year that uh, – makes me not want to give him that kind of money yeah i mean he's, he's he's very vocal right and some some teams may not even like that i mean the fact that he get into he gets so many technicals and i mean he's a good player but i almost feel like i mean and people know right when you play alongside of steph curry and clay thompson or even kevin durant i mean uh it helps a lot right so yeah yeah and absolutely he's had a much better career than i think a lot of people thought he would coming out of college and uh you know, is he a Hall of Fame player? I, you know, I don't know. That's to be determined. But he uh, has been a major contributing player on that team. But his age kind of scares me off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, that makes sense. So second, another topic is the, the Sixers, right? The Sixers plan for a new stadium worth $1.3 billion. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, the Sixers anticipates providing uh, $1.9 billion in econ economic output during constructions and $400 million yeah. annually once the arena uh -huh. opens. So uh, what is your take on, on what they're trying to do? I think having worked in that city and been born in that city for so many years, uh, there, was, there was an idea that the Sixers way back 26 years ago, were gonna move to Camden, right across the bridge in Camden, New Jersey and have their own basketball arena. Uh, there was a governor who said yes to it. Then they lost the election. And then uh, the next governor said, no, we're not, we're not taking on the Sixers and we're not paying for that new building. The same thing will happen here. Uh, Philadelphia uniquely is one of the few cities that all four major franchises share the same parking lot. And they're really? all, they're all in the city limits proper. Interesting. Uh, Wells Fargo is where the Flyers and the Sixers play. Citizens Bank right across the street is for the Phillies. And then, of course, another financial institution, Lincoln Financial, right across the street from that is yeah. where the Eagles play. Outside of maybe Denver, there aren't very many cities that can say that even Denver's are 2.1 miles apart. So that's kind of unique. I don't think we need it. Uh, I don't think there's enough. There's too many dark nights where the building would not be used if we had both of them. And they're talking about putting the downtown. Um, Philadelphia is a real grid. You know, Market Street is one axis. Broad Street is the other. South Philly, Rocky Balboa. 
that's where all the sports facilities are. If our listeners have never been to Philadelphia, they may not know that. Yeah, and I've been there, and, and I've seen. I've, I've been to the Rocky Walk. Was it was a really nice. Yeah, show. that's the art museum. Yeah, that's that's more in downtown. But first of all, that land is extremely expensive in mm -hmm. downtown the Renaissance in Philadelphia, uh, starting about twenty years ago, and. These people all say, hey, we're going to do it with our private money. But then what happens is they, they run out of private money and then they turn to the city and say, we'd like you to pay for some of the, the, the new building. And that's when the city has to say, no, we're not doing that. You said private money, 100 percent private money. Go ahead, knock yourself out. Uh, but they're not going to do that. They, they will eventually ask for money from the city. And you cannot put that burden on the taxpayers in Philadelphia, that's just not right. And in the greater five, uh, the five areas, uh, Delaware County, Chester County, Montgomery County, and Bucks County, there's, there's five total in Philadelphia County. So that's not, uh, that's not feasible. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. Uh, hey, uh, next topic is more at the league level, right? The NBA, uh, NBA commissioner mm -hmm. Adam Silver said that the NBA league posted a record year for revenue for the 2021-2022 season, surpassing $10 billion in revenue for the first time, right? Um, yes. So, and I think in 2018-2019, the revenue of the NBA reached $8.8 billion, and then the season later, the league generated $8.3 billion in revenue. So it went down. So now it passed $10 billion, right? So it increased again, which is a record, yeah. right? So what, what's, right. what's your take? What's driving that for the NBA? Uh, international money. I think we got hurt with the whole tweeting, the seven-word tweet from the general manager, Moray, of the Rockets at the time, currently with the, with the Sixers, where we lost a lot of that Chinese money, the China yeah. money uh, dried up. And then I think the feelings are a little bit better now, possibly. And some of that money came back. They stopped broadcasting games in, in China. And uh, there's just there's 1.6 billion billion with a B people there out of the 6 billion plus United States in the world. So I got to believe uh, the European uh, basketball is getting stronger. South America, Africa, like all the continents are showing more NBA games and creating more interest, which then leads to more hat shirts being sold, more uh, NBA properties stuff being sold. So uh, I don't think the growth necessarily is in the United States. I think that stayed strong, but most of it's international money. Yeah. And, and I do know that they opened up an office in, in Africa. Uh, mm -hmm. I think they had a league, uh, a team over there for the first time. So yeah, I think, and China, I think they're doing some very, pretty strong growth in countries like China and even mm -hmm. I think countries like India. There's a lot of interest yeah. from, from young fans. Yeah. yeah. India is, that's exactly right. India is the next uh, country area that we're going to hit even harder. And um, there's uh, a billion plus of, of those individuals. So that's where the growth is. Yeah, you're right. Uh, hey, uh, next topic, uh, Brittany Greiner. She's a WNBA player, right? She yes. was uh, arrested in Russia. She was detained after finding vape cartridges that contain mm -hmm. ashish oil in her luggage. She's been uh -huh. in jail ever since. There's been a lot of controversy. Even LeBron James was pretty vocal about it. I think I heard uh -huh. today that the Biden administration is trying to work out a deal with the Russian administration, which I can imagine might be tough to negotiate with them. So yes. uh, what, what is your take on the situation with Brittany Griner right now? 
I think it's very tragic. Uh, whenever we travel to any other country, we've got to you know, play by their rules. We are visitors in those countries. Yeah. And, and it's uh, very unfortunate what's happening. Uh, the timing of this is terrible for her with the invasion in Ukraine. Yeah. And we're not buying their oil now. And, you know, it, this all this back and forth. Uh, she seems, you know, it was a mistake to not look. She's claiming, uh, I know there was a court case where she was had a lawyer and she claimed she packed quickly to get over there to play in their professional league. And she didn't know that it was in her bag is what she's claiming. Yeah. You know, we all got to be careful whenever we travel to another country and, and what we're bringing into their country. Uh, I hope it gets resolved. I mean, she, it feels like she's a pawn in this situation and uh, she needs to get back to the United States. And, and, and I, it's my understanding that they're also trying to negotiate someone else who was captured over there. That's exactly uh, right. There's another American that, you know, is making part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. And they're trying to package the deal. And I mean, they don't really want her to be there and they've got to, they've got to, do all this it's like come on let's just make a deal and get this thing over with my greatest fear for her is they actually find her guilty and they sense her to like five years oh, that'd be terrible. yeah that'd be terrible um that would be not. awful this crime the punishment doesn't fit the crime oh no 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 i think you're right 100 percent. so uh i think the the fact that what's going on with russia and ukraine i think putin is holding that against her i mean potentially yes so it's very yeah. it's very personal, I think. Um, yeah, it it does feel personal, no doubt. Um, so yeah, it's uh, let's hope that you know there's a positive outcome to this soon. So. I hope I hope so. She seems like a nice young woman, and, and and she needs to get back in the states. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, hey, let's talk about the NFL now. So uh, many of most of the NBA NFL team are going back to training camp uh, this week. In fact, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers. People are kind of making fun of him because. It looked like Nicolas Cage, you know, with the, the, the shirt and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, who do you think is going to win? Uh, who's going who's gonna, to who's the favorite to win the Super Bowl? Uh, is it going to be the Buccaneers? Uh, and I, I've been Tampa Bay, actually, in a couple of weeks. So who do you think yeah. is going to win? Well, Tampa Bay just signed a Hall of Fame wide receiver who says he's 100% healthy, though he is a little bit older. A great yeah. player from Alabama. Play with the uh, Atlanta Falcons. His name is Julie, uh, Julio Jones. So everybody wants to play with Tom Brady at the twilight of their career because yeah. you might get a ring. Why, um, why wouldn't they? Like, why wouldn't they, right? I mean, absolutely. They already got their money in the bank. So at this point, it's about trying to get the gold, uh, the gold prize of the Super Bowl championship. So, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't bet against Tampa Bay. Of course, Green Bay is always the favorites and they some way, somehow find a way to not make it not make it and yeah. um everybody's jumping on the cowboys he's got one year left on his deal mike mccarthy here in philadelphia they're all like saying the eagles are got everything they, they've solved all their problems they have no holes their team's awesome like they're gonna go 17 and 0 so i i have no idea julian whatever vegas says is probably the favorites okay. and i have no idea who they are but and I, I think i think I'd, it's... Love, I'd, love, I'd love to see the steelers and the eagles in the super bowl that would of be my course. wish of course. Um, well, and we'll see. I think the NFL is always unpredictable, right? Uh, it's the one league where at the beginning of the season, it's wide open. Um, it so. is the greatest league for parity. And that's all by design. Uh, they even doctor the uh, 
the scheduling so that the better team, the, the teams with the best record last year play the other best teams with the best record. Uh, so it's your thing because we want parity. You know, you never want to take hope away from a fan. And, uh, you know, you can go from nine and eight to, you know, you can go from like under 500 to being in the playoffs the next year. And so many teams do make the playoffs, which is what's going on in MLB right now. So many more teams are making the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, we like parity because you never want to take hope away from any fan. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what's great. Like you said, I think about the NFL. It's great for the fans because uh, they've got mm-hmm. a chance. The team have a chance every year. Um, Always. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, uh, the next topic I want to touch on is the XFL and what The Rock, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Dwayne Johnson, I mean, The Rock, what he's doing. Uh, a few years ago, the XFL was uh, pretty much bankrupt. Uh, mm-hmm. um, the WWE chairman, Mac Mahon, was the, you know, I think he was the, the, the founder of the XFL. And then The Rock came in uh, with his business partner, Danny Garcia, and Redbird Capital, and they brought the XFL for $15 million. Uh, so right. you've done a great job. He hired the Rock, hired some former NFL players to coach those XFL teams. They started training camp. Uh, they also signed a, a broadcasting deal with ESPN, Disney, Fox, ABC, which I think is great. And the Rock made it very clear that he wants to compete with the NFL. Do you think he's got a shot at this, or this is just uh, a bunch of fluff and he has no chance? It does seem like anything the rock touches turns to gold, but yeah. I'll tell you, this, this is really an uphill battle. We, I could even go back to the eighties when they had the, uh, when Donald Trump owned the team, he owned the uh, Jersey generals and he signed great players out of college, Herschel Walker and uh, Doug Flutie. And they did not go head to head with the NFL. They, they did it in the spring and then it finished up in the fall as we got into training camp for the NFL. So yeah, the late and, it, and it did make it. And his big thing was he wanted it to go head to head with the NFL. Uh, a lot of people have failed at this. Um, mm-hmm. McMahon, McMahon has failed. One of the good things that came out of the XFL for the NFL was the whole thing about throwing a red flag. If you want to get a review of a play that came out of the XFL, yeah. if uh, the the whole zooming of the camera behind the quarterback that that got you a better view, made the, the fan on television watching it on a beautiful high definition TV, make you feel like you're like on the field. That all came from the XFL. So uh, I would not have paid 50 million for that, for that product. You would, um, you would not, you would not. I would not. But then again, you know, he, he has a way of uh, networking himself and the uh, guy does a heck of a lot more than just movies and uh, maybe he can turn it around, but I've seen a lot of very smart people fail at that. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough one, uh, but you never know. I think The Rock has such, uh, he's so popular and he's got obviously lots of connections. I mean, the fact that he signed a deal with ESPN, Disney, that's all The Rock, right? I think that's pretty clear. Yes. He made that yes. happen. So, um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to watch, but I, yeah, I don't think they've got a shot at competing against the NFL, but could that be a, a pretty uh, fun league to watch? Uh, you never yes, know. You that, never know. Right. Uh, you never know. So we'll see what happens. Uh, hey, uh, n- next topic, you know, the NCAA, we talk about the Neil, uh, you know, what it does for student athletes. Uh, you know, we've been a year into uh, the Neil, right? Um, what do you think we've learned 
uh, in the past year with the NIL? We learned that it's still evolving. We learned that it's now, uh, at first there was a, some of the, uh, the staunch non-NIL people, we'll call them, uh, have given, given up the fight. It's more acceptable now. We are going. These players are definitely going to be paid. They're all going to be able to transfer without any hassle from from their current team. The Alabama Crimson Tide just announced for the first time that they are going to sell the players' jerseys with their name on it. They're going to sell memorabilia, and they are going to share that revenue with the player. What percentage? I didn't hear what percentage it was. But if people are buying the jerseys at the actual stadium where the Crimson Tide plays, uh, that player will be cut in on that deal. That's groundbreaking. That had never happened before. So I think that it's more mainstream now than ever before. And now we're all just trying to figure out how do we make it work? I mean, some of us, you know, I'm looking at St. Joe's. I'm looking at Duquesne, two schools I have a connection with. Like, we don't have football. So we don't have, excuse me, we don't, Duquesne has football. It's one double A, but we don't have, you know, power five football. And, and how does that affect our recruiting and how does that affect uh, our basketball team, men and women's basketball team, which, you know, is where we get most of our revenue from. So that's evolving uh, as we speak, Uh, but for players, it's all about playing time. You know, you, you, you're not going to have a big nil deal unless you are getting playing time. So that's what the, they transfer for, especially the male athletes. So I, I think that the, uh, the nil is here to stay. It's still evolving. And I, I'm happy for the players. I mean, I know so many of them think they're going to play at the NFL and play at the next level. But uh, the studies have shown that, you know, less than what, 2%, less than 1% really do get to play uh, professionally and make some real money. So that to me does not tarnish the fact or marginalize the fact that they are making money on the college campus for those universities during their three or four years of playing. So I think they should be compensated for that. Yeah, I think you're you're right. Um, It'll be interesting to see what happened again and how that evolved, but um, anyway, um, hey, another topic I want to cover is uh, the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 yes. lost two teams. Uh, UCI right. I think was one of them. They're looking to go to the Big mm-hmm. Ten networks, if I'm not mistaken. So, yes. Uh, w- what is your take on the, your take on all this? What does that mean? Yes, in, yeah, in 2024, uh, the two flagship, uh, two of the major teams, universities, uh, UCLA and USC out of uh, Los Angeles are going to go to the Big Ten. So again, there's more money in the Big Ten network TV deal than even the SEC ESPN football deal. That's how big it was. So we, we, we will now cover uh, the Big Ten network will go from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean. So you've got Maryland, Rutgers on the far east part, and in the far west, you have these two teams, UCLA and USC. And that work will just keep getting stronger and stronger. I don't know what the goal is. Do they want to get to 20 teams? I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what number they're looking at. But I can tell you this, every time they add two teams, and that seems to be the, the move that everybody does is add two teams, 
they rip up the TV contract and they renegotiate. The commissioner of the Big Ten will renegotiate. So that's something that is very uh, attractive. So I remember when Maryland left as a chartered member, University of Maryland of the ACC, their president and AD said, it is the difference between running our athletic department in the, in the red, meaning losing money, as opposed to running our athletic department in the black where we're making money. So that to me, there's your answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... Interesting one is the big 12, which just added my former employer, University of Houston. Uh, they left uh, the AAC and they are joining the big 12. And there is rumors, uh, Brett Uramark, the new commissioner who I work with, with the New Jersey Nets for a season, he is going to try to uh, pull away some of the other Pac-10 teams, such as Oregon is a very attractive team to add, and I don't know what the other team is. So there's rumors that the Pac-12 will get hit again and lose two more teams. Yeah. Um, uh, I think you know, there's going to be some other teams, right? I think they're going to make the, yep. the switch. Yes. Uh, so yes. I, think, I think it's everybody's guess right now where else is going to follow. But um, it'll be interesting. Um, hey, I, another topic that I think is, is you've been watching is Charles Barkley, right? Charles Barkley has been talking to the, uh, the Leaf Golf League, right? Backed by the Saudis. Uh, I think he's mm -hmm. making about $20 million a season at TNT. And people are yes. talking about him making like 75 million plus a season if he joined yes. that league. Is he going to join as a as an analyst, or is he going even going to play? I mean, and and do you think he's going to do it? And and can some he even? Things, some of, yeah. Some of the things you know, this whole the term we use LIV is actually a Roman numeral, and maybe some of maybe some of our listeners know this, and some of our listeners don't know this. LIV is a Roman numeral, meaning 54. Okay. And the reason that they use that Roman numeral is most of the PGA, Professional Golf Association, there's 72 holes. They only play 54 holes. Right. And yeah, so that's where that number comes from. And Charles, uh, we just recently also saw that Charles, is he's done some analysts of golf. And you know, he's more, yeah, I would call him more probably the color analyst. He brings kind of a personality to it more than the play-by-play -play guy. So they have former guys that he's did, he's done this on the side in years past. Yeah. And he probably one of the worst golfers you've ever seen in your life. His it's swing terrible. is terrible. My, my terrible. swing is better than his, I tell you. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I worked years with Charles and the way you see him on TNT is the way he was on the bus rides to New Jersey, Washington, uh, New you York. Work, you work with him? You work with him, you said? Yeah, eight years. I work with him. We drafted him uh, number five, four or five overall. He was in the Jordan draft in 84. So yeah. first pick was first pick was uh, Akeem Olajuwon, University of Houston, went to the Houston Rockets. Number two was, was uh, Sam Bowie out of Kentucky, Lebanon, PA. Mm -hmm. And then number three was, number three was Michael Jordan. Number four was Sam Perkins to Dallas, uh, uh, Michael's teammate in North Carolina, Tar Heels. Five was Charles, and then six was Melvin Turpin, and I forget the rest of it. He went to Cleveland. So, yeah, we took him number five, and he just and, dynamic. And how, how would you describe his personality? Is he kind of what oh. you see 
on the TV? He's on TV. Absolutely. That's not an act. Like, it's not like he goes into some sort of casting. Like, he is just, that's just who he is. He's just mm-hmm. a fun loving, he loves living life. He breaks people's chops. I mean, he's from Leeds, Alabama, but boy, did he get adopted quickly here in Philadelphia. Yeah. Just one of the greatest power forwards of all time. So, yeah. Uh, he he's this fun guy and, and it seems like he has a real passion for golf and that yeah. comes through when he's on the side but then the other thing i heard he really likes the uh nhl believe it or not he likes hockey like he likes really? to go to hockey yeah no wow. so, so that that's pretty unique but he'll bring a certain it's like the tony romo thing he, he makes you feel like if you're a casual user a casual consumer you're not a die hard fan of the sport yeah. he he knows how to include you and make it fun. Interesting. And that's a real skill set. That's a real art. And both Tony Romo does that. And then so does Charles. So I think he's going to announce very shortly whether he's going to accept that big deal. And he may lose some sponsors over it. But uh, I I think, like, as uh, our, our great Jimmy Lynham used to say, our head coach, let Charles be Charles. So I'm happy for him. I hope it works out whatever way he goes. But there's other things going on in golf right now. How about the the release? They just uh, got Bubba Watson to sign on with the LIV, the mm-hmm. Roman numeral 54. Uh, so some people say they're getting a lot of these washed up guys that are kind of the downside of their career. But some of these players are, are not bad. And then for some reason, MLB pa- patches on their jerseys, on, on their, their collared shirts, yeah. are they are on the golfer's shirts so there seems to be this marriage between the pga and uh professional golf association and uh, major league baseball yeah and so the guy who finished second in the british open cameron young he, he's one of the sponsors of mlb you got some uh older guys uh, billy andre uh, brandon todd and spencer Le- levy and th- those guys are um also have the patch on. So I'm not sure where that relationship comes. We all know that the, the, the uh, disposable income of people that play and watch mm-hmm. golf and tennis is probably the highest. So you look at the higher end products are usually the sponsors, but uh, for those two sports in particular, but then what I learned was this gives them complete access to all major league parks when they travel and play in those cities. So for example, yeah. Cameron Young, allegedly is a new york yankees fan so anytime he's in new york he gets to go to the yankees game uh for free and yeah. and uh that might be the reason they put the patch on the shirt yeah well speaking of the yankees right you saw last night i think the mets beat the yankees again they won the series you know, right. if you're a, a yankees fan how do you feel about this <laughs> uh, i i uh i think it's a long 162 game season i know a lot of new yorkers would love to see the two of them play each other in the world series the subway series but uh, which they had done before and the yankees uh won yeah uh, i think uh it's too early to uh they're both really good teams but i think in the end uh the yankee dodgers could be a final yankee yeah. Mets could be a final um there's some really good teams out there and uh i really enjoy watching mlb myself so We'll have to see. It's very unique that so many teams now are making the playoffs, which then, of course, keeps again. There's that word hope. 
keeps your fans engaged all the way through the end of September. Yeah. Because once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen, as they say, right? So it's almost more like the, uh, the hockey model, the NHL model, where more teams make the playoffs. And baseball's always had a, a good way of not doing that because it's such a grueling 162-game schedule. But uh, it, it will pique everybody's interest when their team is still in the hunt and they haven't been uh, mathematically eliminated, and it's already September 25th. So that'll be uh, pretty good for MLB. Yeah, so and it's funny because I've got a call with the, the New York Mets on Monday. So I think I'll, I'll ask them what they think, if they win, if they think they're going to win the World Series this year. I'm sure they'll say yes. But um, uh, you yeah, got to, gonna... right? You don't believe in yourself. No one's going to believe in you. Right? That's exactly. Yeah, that's it. You got to believe in yourself, right? Number one. Absolutely. Um, so, hey, last question of the uh, of the podcast. So, in Europe, uh, in European soccer, right? Recently, yeah. the soccer players' trading value has dropped, I think, significantly compared to last year. For example, Holland, which is a top player in Europe from Norway, he got traded to Manchester City for 51 million pounds. A year ago, right. his value, I think, was 176 million euros, right? Also, right. If you, so it's a right. big drop, right? If you look at Neymar yes. from PSG, the Brazilian player, a year ago, his market value was 222 million euros, 222 million. And now wow. there were reports saying that PSG are trying to sell him for like 90 million euros, more than half, right, of the, his value. Right. So mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you think is happening? Is the market correcting itself? Because some of the teams, some of the clubs like Barcelona, for example, they got hit financially because of COVID and other factors. So what do you think is happening? Well, certainly COVID lim really limited how many people could buy tickets. And maybe some of those teams were really dependent on that ticket revenue that yeah. they didn't get back in, 90, in tw early 2020, 2021. So that could hurt it. And maybe signing these star players is it leading to the wins that they had actually helped yeah. hoped for. And then of course, and you would know this much better than I do because you follow the European soccer much closer than I do. Mm -hmm. I would say some of these players you're speaking of are over 30 and they're on the downside of their career. Yes, they're well known, but they're not, it's not equating to wins. Well, I'll tell you one thing, uh, Leo Messi, and he's over 30 years old, right? I forgot what, uh -huh. how old he is. When he got traded uh -huh. from Barcelona to PSG, a report uh -huh. showed that ever since he joined PSG, he brought uh -huh. in seven hundred million dollars uh -huh. to PSG ever uh -huh. since he joined the club. That's sponsorship package, uh, uh -huh. jersey yep. sales. I mean, he's one of the yep. few guys, you know. But most most players, they cannot. You cannot get these types of return investment. Uh, but Messi yes. can do that for you, right? So. Well, he's the guy, obviously, I, I mean, I even know his name. So, I mean, he, he's got a lot of juice and a lot of appeal to the uh, the masses for sure. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I remember when Bendit, like Beckham, came over at 32 years old to help the MLS with the LA Galaxy. Yeah. And, and I don't know if he helped them as much on the field as he did in uh, acceptance in the MLB and giving the – the casual user uh, more interest in it just to see it bend it, the movie bend it like back it's more like a marketing and sales ploy than it is actually talent on the field on but the I pitch. think to your, to your point very few players like Beckham or Messi or Ronaldo they can bring and they can get your that kind of return on investment because of their 
you know, their their notoriety, their the social media followers. I mean, they've got that kind of power, right? Yeah, not many guys have that. Not no. many guys have that. No, that's for sure. Uh, so look, we're, we're at the end of the, the podcast, but uh, great conversation as always. I want to thank you for, for your time again. Julian, thank you so much. And I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, all of our listeners are doing well. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.